Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Doesn't it feel great to have all your sins washed away? Hey, on a serious note, doesn't it feel great? Listen, doesn't it feel great whenever you've made a decision and you've decided that you are going to get your life right with God? Uh, how many people remember? How many people remember whenever you had just given your life over to Christ, and that that you know that time where I remember, I literally remember coming up. I had decided I was going to give my life over to Christ, and man, I wanted to be baptized as soon as possible. And so I literally went that night, and I was baptized. And I remember coming out of the water and going, <sighs> I just felt so free. Does anybody else have that experience? I just felt so free because at that moment, all of my sins had been washed away. And from that point, there was nothing, there was nothing up until that point. It was new. There was nothing up until that point that had cluttered the connection between me and God. Now, soon after that, there would be things that would start cluttering up the connection again some. But at that point for me, there was nothing, and I just, I felt like I could breathe. Just like the guy on O Brother Where Art Thou. Jesus talked about this. He talked about this in what we're in right now, the Sermon on the Mount. How many people want to be taught today by God? How many people? Yeah? How many people? Yeah? You can say it. I can't hear you. I do. I do. Do you? Yeah? You sure? Yeah? You sure? Caleb, you? Always. I don't believe that, Caleb. <laughs> Me too. So let's open up and let's see what God has to say about these game changers. These game changing, these life altering, game changing lessons that he told us. I told you last week when Jesus is speaking here, as a matter of fact, here's a test. Uh, whenever you think of the book of Matthew, you should think of one word. It's what? King. King. Who said that? She lives with me. She's, all right. She's supposed to know this. I'm going to pretend like she didn't say it. Whenever, whenever you think of Matthew, you should think of king. king. That's right. You should think of king. And so, because that's what Matthew wanted you to see Jesus as. He wanted to highlight an aspect of Jesus' life where he would be king. Jesus is king. I told you last week, whenever we come to this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, what's going on is, is that he is actually proclaiming, he's speaking out what it's going to be like, like every other king did back in those days, proclaiming what it's going to be like living in his kingdom. And the first thing he does is he starts out in these Beatitudes found in chapter 5 of Matthew. And I want you to hear this. We're going to start in verse 8, but I want you to hear this. These are not like a lot of people have put them on there. They, they're like you've known. These are not, blessed are the poor in spirit. These are not those. These are actually proclamations. Yesterday, I was at a football game. The Tennessee football game. We found... 
faith? No one asked you. We found, listen, we found, we finally found a team we could beat. And boy, did we beat them. And there were proclamations coming from the stands. Now, let me be honest with you and tell you, some of these were lies because one of the things they were saying is, I say it's great to be a Tennessee Vol. That's a lie. They should say, I say it's depressing and really bad and frustrating and makes you lose your hair. Uh, That's what it should say. But they were making these proclamations. That's what these are. These are proclamations. That's what they are. They're proclamations. And so as you read these, think of it like this. I love what Philip Yancey says. He says, it's almost like Jesus is saying, oh, what a lucky person that you have these things. Oh, what a lucky person that you have these things. So let's see what the proclamations were. Here they are. Starting in verse 8, it says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The Beatitudes are what I call the unfakeable traits of God. The unfakeable traits of God. And so we're going to go over the last couple. And here's the first thing I want you to see from the unfakeable traits of God found in verse 8. Verse 8 says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. When you are part of the kingdom and you are following the plan that God has, God becomes clear to you and to me. God becomes clear to us. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not. Do you guys know what sin actually is? A lot of people, when I say, hey, what's sin? They'll say, well, sin is is gossiping and losing your temper, not in a good way, and... Uh, smoking and drinking and chewing and associate with those that doing. Are you with me? Uh, Sin is, and they want to make these long lists. And let me tell you something. No, that's wrong. You know what sin is? Sin is this. Sin is anything in your life that separates you from God. That's it. That's it. Sin is anything that separates you from God. Let me say something to you. If you, if you are so obsessed with your car, if you are so obsessed with your wife, if you are so obsessed with making sure you are perfect, if you are on and on and on and on and on, if those things are lifted up higher than God, then that is sin because that is separating you from who God is and it's separating from God in your life. Sin is that. Sin is not a list of things that you should do or that you shouldn't do. Sin, sin is simply, is simply anything that separates, are you with me? That separates from God. That's what sin is. Anything that separates us from God. You know, I used to go to the Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch when I was little. 
we would go camp out there, Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch. Yes, that Loretta Lynn. We called her Loretta. That's what everybody called her, right? Loretta. Well, Loretta lived in the same town that I lived in when I was growing up. As a matter of fact, I don't think she's died. She still lives there, all right? Now, Do, her husband, has died, but she still lives there. And she had a dude ranch. It was massive, literally, I think, three to 4,000 acres, where she would have all these various things come in. If you've ever seen the movie Coal Miner's Daughter, a lot of it was filmed there. The house that they live in, that's actually their house that they show them living in. That's their house. It's the Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch. And we used to go there during the summer. We would go there and camp. I have no idea why we would do this. We would go to Loretta Lynn's to the camping area with, with friends who had, a camp, who had an RV. We lived like six miles away. We would drive six miles and stay there instead of going home. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? I'd sleep on the floor of an RV. I'm like, I got a bed at the house. We're six miles away. I could walk there and get there in an hour or two. So... We, okay, three hours. Anyway, so we, we, depending, I know, I was kind of slow. So, but we would go there, and I would do something every time. I, I, my mom would get so mad at me, but I, I know this will shock you, I was a ginger redhead, and I am fair-complected. And I would get in that pool, and I would not reapply sunscreen, and I would get sunburnt really really, really bad. You see, I would get sunburned bad. The sunscreen, you know what it is? It's a blocking agent. That's what it is. When you apply the sunscreen, there is a thin layer that goes over you and it is blocking, it's blocking the sun from getting to you. That's what sunscreen is. It's a blocking agent. I have sunscreen usually in my Jeep all the time now. I have sunscreen. I do. I have sunscreen. I, have, I, I make sure I have it on all the time. If I go out, I make sure I put sunscreen on. Well, it's a blocking agent. Can I tell you something? Sunscreen's a blocking agent in a good way. Sin is a blocking agent in a bad way. It's the same thing. It's the same concept, though. God is trying to connect with us. We are putting a sunscreen, we are putting a screen in between us and God. We are putting a block, an agent between us and God. And that agent is sin. That's what it is. And there is a lack of connection. Do you know why? Do you know why you felt so good whenever you came up out of that water or whenever you turned your life over to Christ? Do you know why you felt so good? You felt so good. Because there was nothing blocking you from full and everything, fullness of God. There was nothing blocking you. Nothing. Do you know why you feel so great? Listen, tonight, I'm so proud of our girls, the Soul Sisters. Boom. Our girls, our teenage girls, they're going to be packing boxes up tonight. They're going to be packing boxes up tonight. They're going to all meet together, right, girls? Everyone's going to be there. Shake your head like this. Uh, and they're having tacos tonight. So no, adults, you can't come. It's just the girls. Uh, and they are going to be, they're going to be packing up boxes. And they're going to be sending these boxes overseas to people that need them. And what I want you to see is, is tonight, tonight, 
as they're doing those things, as they're packing up those boxes, I will guarantee you in the, in the process of doing that thing, they are going to feel closer to God. Why? Because the blocking agents are down. They're not going to be focused on their cell phones. They're not going to be focused on what homework they have to do. They're not going to be focused on all these other things. They're not going to be going, well, I'm packing up these boxes for these kids, but, but I'm really mad at so-and-so. That doesn't happen. All of those things falls away. They all fall away. And they end up, that's what's going to happen tonight. And that's what happens to me every time I go on a mission trip. I focus solely on what God wants me to do. Here's the thing I want you to understand, though, y'all. This is what I want you to get. That's the way that God wants us to live every single day. And I want you to listen to something. It is possible. Is it possibly sinless? No. But it is possible for you to have the sin in your life, eradicate it, and reconnect with God just like that. Just like that. That's why the scripture says this. Blessed are those who, whose hearts are pure. What does it say? For they will see God. They will see God. You will see God more clearly. You will see God more active in your life. You will see God in other situations. Why? Because your heart is pure. You're not looking at someone else as, well, they don't need to be doing this or doing that. You're looking as them the same way God sees them. And you will begin to see God act out in your life. Ephesians 4 says this, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30 has, says this, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the what? By the way you Live. Why don't you do that? Because remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Don't bring sorrow to God by the way you live. Don't bring sorrow to God by the way you live because he has identified you. And the best thing you can do is identify him. The first unfakeable trait is, is that we have pure at hearts and that purity allows us, allows God to become clear to us. Here's the next thing. We work for peace. People that, that have unfakeable traits of God and these are things that should already happen. He's not telling you to go out and work on these things. I want you to get that. Don't miss this. He's not telling you, hey, go out and work on this. He's not saying that. He's saying people that are genuine followers of Christ have these traits already. This is a building. This is not something where you're achieving it. When you became a follower, these are things that are already in you. You just have to tap into them. I want you to get that. This is not a works thing. I'm not telling you to make a checklist and go out and feel bad. I'm telling you these are things that are unfakeable. This naturally flows from having a connection with God. It naturally, naturally flows. The next thing is, is we work for peace. This is what verse 9 says. For God blesses those who work for peace, so they will be called the children of God. Can I just be real with you guys and tell you, this one is very difficult, how many people want to say amen? Is this one not difficult to work for peace? It is, isn't it? It's difficult in today's society to work for peace. The truth of the matter is, is our default setting, our default setting is absolutely not to be at peace. It's not. Our default setting 
is to want to engage, especially on social media. We want to engage various people. Can I be honest and tell you guys this? I have never heard of anyone, ever heard of anyone who had an opinion on social media and you or me post something and they're like, you know what? I think they're right. I've been convinced. That never happens. Do you know what happens? Well, you didn't think about this. Well, you didn't think, well, on and on and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. That's what happens. And guess what, where you land at? You land at the same place or worse than you were before you started. Traditionally, what you do is, is you get ticked off, get off social media, unfollow those people, and then you move on. And you don't see them anymore. That's what usually happens. It's very difficult. It's very difficult this day and age. It's very difficult. Because we like our opinions much more than we love other people. I want you to get that. We like our opinions more than we love other people. We do. We like our, we get sucked into that vacuum of that argument. And let's be honest, it's not very fun to argue face to face, but man, it's fun to argue behind that keyboard, isn't it? It's fun to do that, to engage in that stuff. We don't have peace. And then we wonder why, you know what, why am why am I always upset about everything? Let, let, me, let me clue you in. Get off social media. Disconnect for about a week. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. We work for peace. I want you to think of something for me. I want you to stop right now and think of someone that you deeply respect. I mean someone who you deeply, deeply respect. Someone that you're like, you know what, I hold them in high esteem in your life. Someone who is one of those pillar people in your life. You got that person in your mind? Here's what I want to ask you. Are they a person of strife or a person of peace? I would bet that the majority of people here would say they are a person of peace. They're a person of peace. And you know what follows right behind peace? Wisdom. Peace, wisdom. They go hand in hand. That's what it is. They're a person of peace. They're a person of wisdom. Romans 12, 18 says this. It says, I think we have this up here. Romans 12, 18 says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, I want want to leave that verse up there for a minute, Lynn. I want you to notice something here. All right? Don't miss this. Do all that you can to live in peace. And then here in the verse it says, God blesses those who work for peace. You know what I think God's speaking? Hey man, the reality is you can't beat peace with everybody. You just can't. You can't have great relationships with everybody. I've told you guys before, 25% of the people are not going to like you no matter what. That's just it. No matter what you do, no matter how great you are, 25% of the people is not going to like you. 
And there's another 25% that may or may not like you. So it's hard. It's work. That's why the scripture says, work for peace. It's hard not to comment, isn't it? It's difficult not to comment. It's difficult not to back down. It's very difficult not to engage in an argument. It's difficult to take that high road, isn't it? It's difficult to take that high road. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like to me that the low road is always about 72 degrees with the slight wind blowing going downhill. And that doggone high road is 110 degrees uphill with no shoes on a rocky road. It's difficult to take the high road. And some people may say, listen, what if I take the high road, if I, if I work, for, if I take the high road, then I'm going to be taken advantage of. And I, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, God says this, Hey, listen, whenever you gave your life to me, we engaged it. I gave you a new life. So I'm taking care of you. So you take the high road. Don't worry about the rest of it. God will take care of it. Don't worry about the rest of it. God will take care of it. Doing the right thing is hard at first, but here you go. It's easy to live with. Doing the right thing is hard at first, but it's easy to live with. It is. Here's the final thing. We represent God no matter what. Verses 10 through 12 says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when you mock and you persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You know, it's very difficult. I told you guys earlier, it's very difficult for me to cheer for Tennessee. It is. It's interesting. We went to the Clemson Tigers game last week with some friends of ours. Um, and when I got back, uh, we have a little tradition at our house where we put a Tennessee flag out on Saturday mornings. And then we, you know, we put the flags on our cars and we play Rocky Top and then all that kind of stuff. We just kind of do that kind of stuff. And so um, we had, uh, I, I, we were, I was out of town. I was gone. And the cool thing is, is Wendy and I turned the corner and we looked and the flag was flying at our house. Now, it was swooping and broken a little bit, but it was still flying. Are you with me? It was flying at our house. And the flags were on the cars. It's difficult to cheer for Tennessee, but you do it anyway. Here's the thing I want you to know. It's going to be difficult, even starting now, for you to be open and honest in representing Christ, but we do it no matter what anyway. I don't know if you guys heard this story. I don't know if you heard the story. Drew Brees, the quarterback for the Saints. Drew Brees got all kinds of kickback and all kinds of pushback because he did a video, okay, encouraging kids. I know this is this is shocking to everybody. He was encouraging kids to bring their Bible on Bring Their Bible Day in October. And Drew Brees, because the, play, the, the, the horrific, um, horrific people at Focus on the Family, those horrific, awful people, they are the ones that are doing this Bring Your Bible to School. And Drew Brees spoke about it, and he got 
lambasted by all the social groups and all the groups. He got lambasted by everybody. So much so that he had to come out and he had to actually not apologize, but to say, here, this is why I did this. And I don't represent any groups that do, you know, I, I love everybody. That's, I, that's, that's what he said. So I, I thought I would show you the video that he got lambasted for. All right. So this is the video. Check this out. Hey guys, Drew Brees here. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. So I want to encourage you to live out your faith on Bring Your Bible to School Day and share God's love with friends. You're not alone. What an awful person. I dare him do that. Why would he do that? Why would he do such an awful thing? Why would he want that? Why would that person do that? Let me tell you why, he did, why they said that. You know why they said that? And I want to say something to you that's going to be honest. Heck, we're doing Facebook Live. That may knock us off. I'm going to tell you something. God's word smashes just like this against what society says. And I want you to hear that. There's no way around it, you guys. There's not. There's not. There's no way around it. He's not going, he's not going to come in, and I don't care how many religious people try to take and sugarcoat it. I don't care how many people do that. I don't care how many preachers you see on TV telling you this or that. I don't care how many. Listen, I want to tell you something. Sin is sin. And God's word's going to call it out, and you're either with him or you're not. You're either following or you're not. So much so that the last thing Jesus told them in these encouragements is this. People are not going to like you because you're standing up for what I'm going to say. That's what I want to tell you. Now listen, we're not to go out and bash people over the head with it. We're not to go up and smack people upside the head. I'm not going to stand out on a street corner and yell, this is a sin, this is a sin, because I got about 15 logs in my eye. But what I'm not going to do is, is I'm not going to say, God's word doesn't say that. God's word doesn't say this. Oh, it says that in black and white. But what it really means is all this sugar-coated stuff. Baloney. God's word is going to smash right dead in the face. And you're going to have to decide if you're going to stand up or not. Listen, you can love people. I love people. I love people. But I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes down to it, I'm going to love God and obey him more than I'm going to cow down to someone's opinion. And you should be the same way. You should be the same way. I know that no one wants to say this, but God's word is very clear on sin. And no matter what, no matter what people, listen, go be happy. I don't care. Just don't follow, call yourself a follower of Christ. Don't call yourself a follower of Christ. There's a big difference between struggling with a sin and embracing a sin. If you've embraced that sin, don't call yourself a follower of Christ because it's a lie. And you may think, oh, you're just judging them. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13 says this. Are you not to judge those people that come inside the church? It was you know what it was talking about? I know this will shock you. Sexual immorality. That's what it was talking about. And so people came into the church. There was someone in the church that was sexually immoral. 
He wasn't struggling with sexual morality. He had embraced it, held a sign up, and threw a parade. And Paul says this. He says, listen, let, those, let, 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 let God judge those people outside the church. But when someone comes into the church and calls themselves something, you then, as a church body, are supposed to go to that person and lovingly rebuke them. And then eventually, if they are not willing, then you will kick them out of your church. And that's exactly what happened in the Corinthian church. They kicked them out. Don't you ever be ashamed of what God's word says. I'm not. But let me say something to you. I wish God's word didn't say everything it did. You know what I mean? That whole gluttony thing kind of ticks me off. Are you with me? Are you with me? That whole thing kind of ticks me off. But I want you to know something. You represent God no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Now you do it in a loving way. You know what those people holding those signs on the street corner is? And no, I'm not talking about the people that do the, here, we got free gold or whatever they hold up. I'm talking about the people who, who go out and boycott and hold up them signs. You know, what they, you know what the people driving by here? What Corinthians 13 says is a clanging gong, a cymbal. It's all loud. But you know what the people here, when you love them and you have a relationship with them and you talk to them and you care about them and you disagree with them lovingly, you work at having peace and you disagree with them lovingly, but you still hold true to your faith. Do you know what those people, do you know what those people here? They start to slowly see Jesus. Listen, don't make what's a sin, not a sin. And you represent God no matter what. Don't forget also what Romans chapter 2 says. Romans chapter 2 says this. It says, you don't look at those people and think you're better because you're no better than they are. Because you, and then goes on and on and on and on and on. But I want to tell you something. Whenever we now in this day are getting persecuted because we make a video saying bring your Bible to school, and everybody blows up about it. Guys, listen, I want to encourage you. Stand firm. Represent God. No matter what. And when you get persecuted, thank Him for it. Because, now it's not fun at the time, but thank Him for it because you know that you're in God's will because you have this word to back you up. You probably won't hear that message in 90% of the churches today. But I'm not going to lie to you or to sugarcoat to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you and we praise you for who you are, Lord. I'm so thankful, God, that you, you love us to the point that you are willing to have our back. You love us to the point where you are, gosh, you're for us. And you are, you're a God that is so whew, overwhelming. You're overwhelmingly loving, God. You're overwhelming. You are, um, Lord, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you have our backs. Um, gosh, we don't have to fear anything. You, you literally, you literally are watching over us and guiding us and protecting us and loving us 
all the way through. And for that, God, we're thankful. We're thankful that we're on a journey with you. We're thankful that you are leading the way. Let us be people whose hearts are pure. Let us be people who's, who, who are steadfast. We are steadfast in our beliefs. Let us be people that are peacemakers. But let us be people that stand up for who you are. Lord, we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you one other thing. One of the biggest negatives, and it's definitely not true for Drew Brees, but it is true for you and me a lot of times, is when we try to tell people about a certain sin in their life and we haven't done what God calls examine ourselves. When we haven't done that. And so today, I want to encourage you to examine yourself. Examine yourself. And we'll do that during the last song. Let's stand up and let's worship together. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.